0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. So we have John Gibbons with us for our weekly environment spot. And let's start on a positive note. Although it is somewhat ironic, isn't it, that climate change may be contributing to the increased effectiveness of solar energy.
1: Yeah, good evening, Matt. It's really curious one. Uh, what we've seen, for example, across uh, Europe, continental Europe last year, which, as you know, was the, the hottest year, Uh, record, on record, Um, the continent also recorded 130 additional hours of sunshine over and above average. And this happened generally between January and July when large parts of the continent were trapped under an atmospheric high-pressure system. And this, again, is linked to climate change. So this is to do with particularly with the movements in the jet stream where we basically get uh, high pressure systems that kind of dump over particular areas. You've seen these, for example, in Canada and elsewhere where we get the, the so-called heat dome effect. So we got that last summer. Now, the, it is an ill wind or an ill... An Ill um, Heat wave that blows no good at all. And in this case, the the upshot of it, if you like, has been a significant improvement in the quality of solar energy available across Europe. So to put some numbers on that, uh, last year, 7.3% of total uh, electricity production across the European Union was from solar. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot. Sorry, how much is that? 7.3%. That doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot. But first of all, it was up from 6% the previous year and pretty much no percent a few years back. So the thing about solar, mat is that it's a remarkably easy technology to deploy. If you've got a rooftop, if you've got a shed, a school, a field, anywhere you like, you can lash in the solar. Unlike, say, some other technologies like wind where you've got planning issues and so on and so forth, rapid deployment of solar is possible. Well,
0: hold on a second. I thought a lot of, that of the solar benefit is not coming necessarily from the panels on buildings, important as it may be. But actually, we do have solar farms around the country as yeah. well, for which you need to get planning permission. But you can put in maybe the size of what might be a data centre, for example, a solar um Farm and you can get a lot of a contribution to the national grid.
1: That's right. I mean, if I were to just stay on, the, on Europe just for a moment, um, Holland is it's often the poster child for, pro, for progressive policies. In 2015, 1% of Dutch electricity was solar. Last year, 14%. So in the space of, what's that, six years, they've gone from 1% to 14% electricity. And remember, Holland is a country, Matt, about the size of Munster. 17 million people, very, very packed country.
0: Not necessarily any sunnier or brighter than Ireland, not is it? Nece-
1: not, not especially, not especially. But the point is, with the will and ingenuity and commitment, that's how quickly you can turn this around. Now, the Climate, Act, uh, the Climate Action Plan, I should say, uh, for Ireland commits us to, first of all, to 80% renewables by 2030, which uh, is an ambitious target. Of that, we're supposed to have about 5 gigawatts of solar on the grid by 2030. 25. What does that mean? Five Okay, gigawatts. To translate, what's a gigawatt? A gigawatt, think of the Money Point power station down in Clare. In other words, the biggest power station in the country. That's it's about coal fired, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, coal fired, exactly. It's been phased out. Well, nearly. That is about 940 megs. So that's just under one gigabyte. So think of your biggest power station would be about one gigabyte. I
0: five times that.
1: Yeah. So basically the plan is to have five times that. Now, obviously, solar uh, is a daytime technology. So it has to be used in conjunction with, uh, with with other technologies, of course. So the plan is, as I said, is five gigawatts by 2025, eight gigawatts by 2030. And at the moment, uh, difficult to get... Uh, exact data on this, but the best I could find is we're hovering, Matt, somewhere around the one gigawatt at the moment on the Isle. sorry, in the Republic of Ireland. Now, that's still a long way short of five, but deployment can happen quickly. And let me give you an example. Uh, last month, there were three solar farms rolled out across Wexford Tilkenny uh, and they are producing the equivalent power for 6,600 homes and a, a carbon reduction of about 9,000 tonnes. And these are really straightforward. As you said, once you've got the planning, you get them in. How
0: difficult is it to get planning? Because we know that there's a lot of objections to wind farms and people don't like the sound of the turbines and they don't like the look of it. Is a solar uh, farm much more acceptable to local interests?
1: Generally, yes. There have been a few uh, really outstanding NIMBY cases where people have said, for example, they don't like the glint. Now, your typical solar panel array in a, in a farm setting in a solar farm setting is about two metres off the ground which for example if you stick that into a field it means you could say graze sheep uh, or, or let it go fallow underneath it so it's quite complementary with low, low intensity agriculture use like that number one number two so you get course, use yeah, use number two it's, it's uh, completely reversible Unlike many other uh, technologies, you can, you can actually remove a solar farm at some point in the future and revert that land if you, if you so wished. But I, I've heard cases of people objecting to things like glint. Now, the only place where that has a, a genuine application is in close proximity to airports where the airlines would may argue that you could get a lot of reflection. It's, like, it's almost like having an array of mirrors on the ground. But we don't have that many air, airports in Ireland. And I think all, with these things, you always have to balance one with the other. But essentially, of all the technologies that we can roll out in Ireland... This is probably the one that probably gets the fewest backs up.
0: Okay, and are all new buildings now, particularly state buildings such as schools, all putting solar panels in almost automatically?
1: Well, they're supposed to be. I mean, Eamon Ryan recently committed to putting solar panels on every school in Ireland, which would be a terrific start because, as you know, the thing about schools is mostly, the, first of all, schools are used during daylight, which means you can basically, you can run them off solar pretty much. And I would stress, by the way, for your listeners who are wondering about, well, hang on, John, the sun doesn't always shine in Ireland. Solar works reasonably well in daylight.
0: Yeah, it it's the technology has improved, hasn't it, that it doesn't need bright sunshine no, anymore, it just needs daylight, that really. Is, that is correct.
1: And even the, the, the hours of the day that solar, I mean, it, it works on a bell curve, where obviously it peaks at, at Peak sunshine, but out the ends of that curve in the morning and in the evening, modern technology is, is giving us longer and longer use of solar. And in areas like schools where they are daytime use, it's perfect. Now you might say, well, the summertime, of course, is the best time for for for, for so, solar energy production. Well, great. The school can export all that unused solar energy back to the grid and maybe invest it in some some new, new some new. Uh, Playroom facilities for the for the school. So it goes back, back
0: into the grid. A lot of them is stored in battery of some kind.
1: Oh yeah, I mean generally speaking. So if you if you put a solar array, for example, on a school, you could certainly manage all your day daytime uses, your computers and so on, would be run directly from that grid. And under normal circumstances, the likelihood is though that you'll you'll ha- you'll be running surpluses at different times, and that would be shipped back to the grid.
0: Okay, we're talking about solar farms, and we're talking about solar panels at maybe industrial use or schools or maybe on the centres of manufacturing plants or whatever. But how much can be actually done in people's own homes of well, the national need?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think Germany, for example, went out even even ahead of Holland. And we have about one and a half million German homes already have solar panels. And they're providing uh, several gigawatts of energy from that. So the equivalent of several power stations just from solar panels. Uh, PV. Now, a typical home might have, for example, six solar panels. Now, your average solar panel, quick quick uh, scribble on this, about 400 watts. So six panels is about 2.5 kilowatts. Now, what's 2.5 kilowatts? That's roughly what it takes to boil a kettle. Now, Kettles are surprisingly heavy energy users. Your typical house at any given moment is using about one, one and a half kilowatts. I have a little gizmo at home, Matt, that I can actually, when I've little else to do, I can sit and watch the electricity flowing through the house. You can try, you can switch on different devices and see it. So basically your typical house on over the space of a a day is probably uh, using maybe one and a half to two kilowatts an hour. So with your two and a half kilowatt array, which will never run, by the way, at absolute uh, perfection, but it'll
0: cover your day, your daytime use. Okay, I just want to put a question for a listener. I'm a big bad dairy farmer with extensive sheds for my polluting cows. I will put solar panels up, but have a fear that they'd be like asbestos at the end of their life. As time progresses, somebody will identify a gas or something else in them that's dangerous and disposal costs would be enormous. Are my fears unfounded?
1: The gas that he's worried about is called methane and it comes from his cows.
0: What about the actual solar no.
1: panels? Solar panels are basically, the, the bulk of the weight of your average solar panel is glass and they're now working on recycling solar panels. Typical lifespan of a solar panel is about 20 years and there are companies now springing up uh, as more and more of them come to the end of their life to recycle them, take them apart and remove the, the various components. Silver, for example, is one of the elements of a, of a solar panel.
0: Okay and just to finish with a comment from Mike John seems very happy today and full of praise for what's been done that's very unusual Who are you and what have you done with the real John (laughs) Gibbons? The Last Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today